Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who finally got a haircut. His name is Brandon Siegel. Yes, I did get a haircut. Uh, my dear sister Taylor gave the haircut. I did not go out. Um, there is no way I could go out, and I don't even know if there is anything open to get a haircut at. But my sister did a great job. I would give it a uh, 9 out of 10 haircut. My haircut is not super complex. Um, and our other member of the podcast, our, our main contributor on the podcast, also does not have a complex haircut. And his name is Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, I wouldn't say that my haircut is like not complex, but it's definitely not like sophisticated. I feel like it's an average size. Well, we just discussed. We, I know, but we like. We discussed on this podcast how we, we pretty much have this exact same, like it's the same style of haircut, the same way you would cut it. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's fair. So it's, it's, it's relatively simple. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not challenging. Um, nothing too crazy is, is happening with the haircut. Uh, who is excited? We got episode five and six of uh, The Last Dance tonight. Trevor, this is very exciting times uh, in uh, the uh, Michael Jordan sports world. Yeah, absolutely. And we got a little, like, I think there was a picture of Jordan and Kobe. So apparently maybe there's going to be some, like, Kobe appearance in this episode. Um, but, you know, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, no, that'll be, uh, that'll be pretty great. So we'll, we'll just get right into our first topic, which is last week's uh, episodes, episode three and four. So we got the Rodman episode, Trevor. So give me, give me some of your thoughts on uh, the episode three, with, uh, which was mostly about Dennis Rodman. Yeah, so I really like this episode. I think there were some people, like on podcasts I was listening, listening to, that were saying that this was their least favorite episode. I don't know if I agree with that. I thought this actually might have been my favorite episode just because of some of the parts like where he like with the vacation the 48 hour vacation where he goes to vegas um mm-hmm. and i know i pronounce that maybe a little weird to, to at least brandon um uh, but i say vegas <laughs> um but anyway Rodman. comment if you think that's a weird <laughs> comment if you think that's a weird way to say vegas yeah it's like Las vegas vegas or vegas either way uh dennis do you, hear Rodman. It, do you not hear it <laughs> um i hear i don't think it's a big deal but i hear it yeah it's not a big deal you know what trevor you're great in your own way okay well, well, thank you for that. But yeah, so this episode um, was probably my favorite so far because I thought there were so many different entertaining parts, mainly the vacation where he goes. And then you have um, Rodman, who he, of course, he doesn't make it back in the 48-hour time span. So Jordan knocks on the door of his, I guess, his hotel room where you have Rodman and Carmen Electra. I, I don't know if that was his girlfriend at the time or what, but... Um, she was interviewed, and she was like, yeah, Michael knocked on the door, and I went and hid. I thought that was just hilarious. I started laughing. I thought that was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the best part of that is where Michael was like, I don't want to mention who was there, and then they cut to Carmen Electra, and she was like, yeah, I was there. I was scared. Yeah. <laughs> she was completely <laughs> outed herself. <laughs> yeah. Who was in there? And it's just, like, crazy because um, I've heard a few different podcasts where people talk about this, but, like, how are they – like? Is this, like, stock footage of them just, like, oh, yeah, another night of Rodman out in Vegas? Or is this, like, specifically that vacation? Like, I was wondering about that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they, they had the camera crews following them for so long. I could definitely see it be multiple times. I actually – I kind of agree with what people are saying. How I want to point out every episode that I've seen so far has been great. I've loved all four. They've all been great, but I, I think I like the first two better than these two, just marginally, because I think we learned a lot more about the Bulls themselves. And, like, the Pippin stuff to me was so, so entertaining. And so was the Rodman stuff, but just, like, helping him to talk less money and, like, his thoughts on that and how he wanted the trade and kind of berated uh, the GM. So I, I 
I, I kind of agree with that, but I don't agree like it was like bad. Like I, I would definitely not say it's bad. I still loved it. I, for all the points that you said, I think there were so many entertaining parts of the third episode. Ben, what, what were your thoughts on the uh, the Rodman part? I, I really enjoyed it. I, I don't I knew a decent amount about Dennis Rodman, but like it, I was so interested to see like like Trevor said about like the vacation to Vegas and how like it really like mentally like he just it was so hard for him mentally that he literally just had to like be like I'm taking a 48 hour break. Like don't talk to me for 48 hours. I'll see you in two days. And, like, you really don't think about how hard it is for these athletes mentally to be in the spotlight, spotlight like that. And it was just so interesting to, to see his thought process and kind of, like, everything that he's gone through since then and how it's affected him to what he is today. And it's just I, – he's such an interesting person that – I haven't seen his 30 for 30, but I really want to watch his 30 for 30 after watching this episode just because his life has been so interesting and his thought process on everything, like, uh, that's happened in his life is so interesting to me. And also, yeah, he's, he's such an interesting guy. Go ahead, Trevor. Yeah, and also, as said best by Donovan Mitchell, one of my favorite <laughs> NBA players, Dennis Rodman invented load management. So <laughs> let's stop hating on the players of today for the load management. Dennis Rodman did it too. <laughs> that is that is a good point. It, it really, I, I love both of these episodes. Uh, you know, they were really, really so great. It's so interesting to see, like, there's so many things where, like, I'm watching with my dad, who, who lived through this era and, you know, watched it, and, and, like, every, you know, couple minutes, he'll be like, wow, I, I didn't know anything about that. And, and all these episodes, like, oh, I, I really didn't know it was that big of a deal. I didn't know that bit of information. It's it's kind of crazy how much, like, new information is coming out from this documentary. That's It's just really, really entertaining. Yeah. And I think the only other part that I want to mention, and this was more from episode four, I believe, um, where they kind of focused a little more on Phil Jackson. And I thought it was interesting, like, Doug Collins seemed like such a great coach, and they didn't really explain exactly why um, they decided to fire him and replace him with Phil. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I mean, I he definitely wanted to put the ball in Michael's hands more often, whereas Phil, obviously, with the triangle, and they talked about, like, Tex Winter, how that was his system, and and Phil uh, was going to implement that. But I just thought it was interesting because Doug Collins seemed like such a great coach that they would just get rid of him. You know, uh, you make a great point. It's interesting because I think especially, like, at that point, you know, Jordan was he was becoming, like, really, really, really great. And I think it was kind of at the point where you, if you were going to make a coaching change like that, you had to kind of ask him. And he, he mentioned earlier that, you know, he liked Collins a lot. So that had to have been a pretty difficult move to make. I mean, obviously, it seems like uh, Jerry Krause just really wanted to have all the control, and he felt as if more control was in his hands by, you know, having Phil Jackson at the helm. Um, but no, that was that was very very interesting. Again, I'm I'm super excited for you know the next six episodes we have coming up. I, I I'm so far I'm loving this documentary. I think it'll probably go down as one of my favorite documentaries. I mean, don't you think it'd be up there for you too? Yeah, definitely. Especially because it's just like a series, and we're getting so much behind the scenes content that we exactly. wouldn't get otherwise. So that's really the main thing, like the behind-the-scenes content. You're 100% correct. It's, it's stuff that the average person would not know until right now. Um, but let's you know keep on moving. We're going to go to our next topic. Um, we have the NBA facilities possibly reopening in states that are relaxing some stay-at-home orders. Um, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of things we can talk about with this. Uh, you know, just The NBA as a whole has been put on pause, and I think there's, uh, like I said, a lot of different things that can be discussed. Uh, so the first thing I want to discuss, Trevor, um, I want to talk about where do you think is the most viable place that they could play if they were to reopen you know, and, and finish the season? Right. So I think the main two locations that are being talked about, like, I, like we mentioned with Vegas, um, it, with the Rodman thing, but also Las Vegas, is um, being mentioned as one of the possible locations in addition to Orlando or, or Disney World, basically. 
And now both of these places um, are used for summer league normally during the summer. So there are obviously courts and obviously the Orlando Magic play at one of them. Um, but also I think it's interesting because these are both places, in Vegas in particularly, which I think Vegas is probably the better option here if you were to, um, if you do figure it out, because of like Mandalay Bay, they have like the resort where there is a court where the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA already play at during their season, and that's within that resort. And there's, it says here there's 4,700 rooms available over three connected hotels. So I guess they would be able to get um, all of these teams in this one controlled location, um, obviously get all these tests, and be able to play their games there because it's all in the same facility. Now, it would still obviously be very tough, you know, because then you run into, like, well, how, how do you get all these tests? Like, is there going to be backlash about all these players and coaches getting these tests? Because then you have the public being like, well, we need these tests. Why are they giving it all to these teams? So it'll be interesting, mm-hmm. and it's still going to be difficult. But I think if they do have a plan, I think Las Vegas is the best option. Yeah, no, I, I agree with Vegas. I used to think, uh, I'd say maybe a week or two ago, that I thought Disney World would be the best option just because they'd have the whole campus there. But it seemed like it's much more viable to do the Vegas route because you could have the court in your hotel area and you can have it all kind of in this one section where Disney World would be a little bit more spread out. And I think that there's a, a less of a chance if you kind of lock down that hotel area, whether it's you build a court in a ballroom or there's a court in the hotel room already, uh, whatever the case may be, I think that's more of a viable option where kind of the, the potential to start up, I think, sooner would be higher at the Vegas location. Um, I think we all definitely want the NBA to start up, but I think the NBA itself wants to start up more than anything. And we, we, we've heard a lot of things, um, I think all three of us collectively, about the 70-game threshold. Um, so, Trevor, I want you to speak a little bit on this. Basically, 70-game threshold, if no one knows what it is, I, I guess there's a lot of TV rights, and there's a big financial incentive for the NBA to get to 70 games, having, I don't know if there's a majority of teams or all teams, I'm not 100% sure, I know the most amount of games played by a team so far this year is 67, and I think the lowest is maybe 63, uh, you said Trevor Wright, 63? Yeah, so basically, um, the 70 game threshold, apparently, and this is still unclear, I don't even know if, like, the league knows exactly what the rules are. This isn't like it's like a, a well-reported thing, it's more right. of just a rumor at this point. Right, because also, or I mean, normally, there's always 82 games, so usually they don't have to worry about it. But with this 70-game threshold, um, they have to deliver it to, like, the regional sports networks. So, like, in Ohio, it's, like, Fox Sports Ohio or whatever. Um, But they have to deliver this to get, like, the revenue. And I think – so the Lakers have played 63 games, um, which is the lowest. And then there are some teams, I think, like, the Mavericks and maybe a couple others, that played 67. So the Lakers would have to get seven more. Um, Mm -hmm. Mavericks would get three. And I don't know if it's just, like, the case where – everyone gets to 70 and you could just go in the playoffs. I don't know if maybe certain teams still need more than 70 because maybe there's certain uh, regional sports networks that need to be fulfilled. So maybe like some teams need 74. Um, I don't know, but it's really complicated. So I think there definitely is incentive for the league to try to get to this mark. Um, and then it'll be interested to see if they can do that, obviously. Yeah, I, I think there, there's – they definitely want to at least close off the 70 games. I think that is 100% a big, big incentive because there's there's a big financial compensation for getting there um, from these networks, um, and that is definitely a big deal. And then there's one other kind of rumor. There's this. It's it's you know what people have been talking about, and that's the, the New Orleans Pelicans. I think many people think that the NBA really wants them to make the playoffs because of Zion. That would have a big effect on fan viewership and um, 
you know, just a overall fan happiness, I think. So there's this big kind of push to finish the season because the, the Pelicans are in a position where they could make the playoffs, and they've been doing well going into the uh, the where the season stopped. And I think they're a couple games behind where they, they have the ability to move ahead. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? First, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swing this over to Ben. I, I mean, would you want to see how much more of an incentive is it if the Pelicans are in the playoffs for you, you know, being able to see Zion? Oh, it would it would change everything. I I would significantly be more happy if Zion was in the playoffs because like as a as an NBA fan, I don't really have like all these teams that I root for because I don't have a team close to me. So I root for players. So LeBron and Zion are the two that I have the most fun watching. So if those two are in the playoffs 100%. together, and especially if they got to play against each other in the playoffs, oh, it'd be fantastic. So more Zion is good for every, everybody. Better mm-hmm. financially, better enter, entertaining wise. More mm-hmm. Zion is always better. And I, I 100%, I, I definitely buy into this kind of conspiracy uh, about the Pelicans because I just as a fan, that is what I want to see. And obviously, I mean, the NBA is not going to, you know, be like, all right, we're going to, you know, tamper, do this and that. But I think that they do definitely want to see the Pelicans in the playoffs. What, what do you think, Trevor? Yeah, so the Pelicans, it looks like they're three and a half games back of the eight seed, which currently is held by the Memphis Grizzlies. So they could get there. Um, they would definitely have to go on a streak and – probably hope that the Grizzlies lose some games, but they could get there. Um, as far as, like, plans for the NBA to come back, I think it's going to depend a lot on, like, player opinion. We Like, we saw LeBron, he tweeted mm-hmm. out a couple days ago about how he absolutely wants the season to come back. He's, you know, he wants to come back, he wants to play. So I think that definitely helps. Obviously, LeBron, the biggest spokesperson um, as a player for the NBA, and I think, obviously, he has a lot of pull and some of these other star players – have a lot of pool, and I think it's important that all of these players um, really want the NBA to come back. Because if not, then I don't think it will. I think all of the players have to want this to happen, and in order for it to happen. So, yeah, yeah. and actually, there, there was another thing that I'm reading about, like executives in the NBA and how they pretty much have no control over if it starts. It's really reliant on the players. Um, and the direct staff to the players and the owners. That is the only people that is relying on. If the players don't want to play, they feel like it's unsafe, they're not going to play, which I, I don't think that's the case. I'm just saying, you know, if that if they, if they would be the case, I think they do want to play. But if they didn't want to play, nothing's going to happen. It's the same thing if the owners don't want to put on a season, which, again, I know they would because they're going to obviously profit off of it, um, then it wouldn't happen. So some people think that, like, the executives have a lot of pool. They really have almost no pool. I mean, a, a GM has no say over if the season is going to start or not. So I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see if, um, you know, we get a season coming up soon. And I think we will. I think we kind of have to be a little bit patient. Um, I'm hoping that they're able to finish it off and we, we are able to crown a champion at the end because I think LeBron has a solid chance of uh, picking up another title. Uh, knock on wood, but you know I, we're, we're hoping for the best from our podcast here. Um, so let's let's keep on moving um, on to our next topic. Our next topic I think is an interesting one. It's gonna be about the G League. We we've seen Jalen Green, who's one of the top recruits in the class of 2020. He committed to play uh, in the G League, and he's getting a nice amount of pay, uh, five hundred thousand dollars. It seems like for these top prospects. So what do you think about you know we 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 have kind of our first really big. I mean, we've had big prospects go to the G League, but not this big. So, what do you think about this, Trevor? Um, it's it's definitely interesting, and it's it's pretty significant, I think, because we have had players um, like Darius Baisley um, who have done this a similar thing before. They went to the G mm-hmm. League and and try to see how that worked. And obviously, we have Lamelo and R.J. Hampton who went to Australia. Um, we've had like Emmanuel Mudiay who went, you know, uh, 
I, I forget which country he went to, maybe China, but he went overseas instead Afrani of going Simmons, to college. Afrani Simmons stayed at right. IMG Academy, yeah. Right, right. So it, it's definitely interesting to see, and it, I think it's significant because, again, the pay. Uh, $500,000 obviously is a ton of money. So for NBA to be offering this to um, obviously not just any good high school player, but really the top players like the Jalen Greens, you know, probably like top five guys, I would say, is probably who this is available for. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily available to Isaiah Todd. Maybe it's slightly less money, um, but it's definitely more significant than what they've been doing previously. So it'll be interesting to see, and I think it also, as we will we'll get into, like the NCAA now has a response to this, and I think they needed to have one because although, like, the call, see, there's this debate about, like, is the college game hurt by this? Is this in certain people, which it's ridiculous, say that the college game is going to be ruined by this? I don't think that's the case. However, I do think um, it definitely helps the college game when you do have these top players playing college basketball. So it it doesn't have a significant impact, but it does have um, a slight impact, I think, on the college game's appeal because you have like your typical NBA fan who's maybe just like a casual college basketball fan that specifically watches it for, like, leading up to the draft. So they go and watch Zion and R.J. Barrett specifically to see, hey, how good are these guys going to be in the NBA? So I think that um, will hurt the college basketball or hurt the NCAA in at least at least to some degree. So it's going to be interesting to see, and they have started to uh, go towards this name and like this thing, but we'll see how that progresses. Yeah, I—, I... I know, obviously, the money's a big deal, but I, I still think you benefit more from going to college. It's going to be interesting in 2021 or 2022, whenever uh, the NCAA kind of recently announced that, that you know, they're kind of moving closer to letting players, you know, ha- have their own name and license being able to profit off of it. So I think it's going to be interesting when they're able to get paid for that. But I, I think going to college has so many good aspects of it. Additionally, I think you're on the biggest stage. You get the more, more eyes on you that way. Um, even for sponsorship deals along the road, I think you could potentially be getting more money or losing out on money going to the G League where you're not on TV as much. You're not as record. I mean, think about like if you go to a in Ohio State that has 60,000 kids on their campus, you know, 55,000, 60,000 kids. Those are 50,000 fans that you're about to have. If you're the number one player at that school, you're the guy at that school. I mean, think about going to these huge schools playing in these big leagues where people are going to root for you all the way down your career. So I, I don't know. I, I still would choose the college route, but I understand what he's doing. You know, he wants he wants to get the, the paid, and he's, he might be playing against slightly better competition in the G League. Um, and also, I think you, you make a good point about how um, you know, the, there's aspects that help and hurt the NCAA. You know, we might have a, a different level of competition in the NCAA when we're not seeing Jalen Green, uh, you know, the number one prospect in uh, college. So I think, I think you make a lot of good points. Should we, Trevor, we have, we have one more small talk topic, small talk topic here today. Um, but I don't know. Should we should we go to it or should we skip it? Go to small talk trivia. We haven't had a small talk trivia in quite a while. Um, I think we're good. I think we've covered a lot so far. So yeah. I'm, I'm good to go to the trivia. Let's do it. We're gonna go to small talk trivia. So Trevor, what is what is this current scoreboard? Twenty two seventeen. Yes, I am leading currently twenty two to seventeen. Okay, so I'm gonna go first today. And look, I like having fun on small talk trivia. I've offered you a lot of points over time, probably too many. Today I'm going to set a record. I'm going to offer a lot of points to you today. And let me first let me explain my question. This this past NFL draft, as you know, the NFL draft is one of my favorite things. I love it. Um, in the first round, LSU set a school record. I'm not going to give you the number because it's pertinent to the question. Um, 
LSU set a record for most first-round draft picks by like their school. Not not a total record, but their school. They set the most amount of LSU first-round draft picks. Now, right. I want you to tell me what school has the most. It is not LSU. I basically just gave you that. It's not LSU, but what school has the most, okay? So I'm going to give you one point for that if you can tell me what school. If you can tell me how many, I'm going to give you another point. Okay? So that's two possible points right there. If you can tell me the year, I'm going to give you another point. And then, if you can name any of the players, I'm going to give you a point for every player you can name. So oh after God. the question is over, I'll tell you the potential amount of points you could have gotten. Okay? Because that, wow. that, okay. that, that gives you an answer. Do you understand the question? Or would you like me to explain it again? It's a little I'm bit just confusing. Gonna... I'm just gonna like talk through it, and you could okay. uh, correct me if I say anything okay. that's that's for, for, uh, but not correct. It, think for a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this to Ben. What do you think about this question? This is a completely different style question with the potential for a lot of points. Yes, this is this is definitely giving Trevor an opportunity to extremely increase his lead, Brandon. So you're mm-hmm. taking a bit of a you're taking a bit of a, a risk here and seeing if how well he knows his NFL draft history. I I uh, have faith that ben, he. Ben, do you know any of these answers? Um, I have a. Guess I have, I have a couple guesses. I have a guess, and they're like, I have a guess for the team of the year. And if those two are right, then I could probably name some players. But I don't, I don't. I mean, I, there's no way I'd probably get this right. Okay, Trevor. I don't want to. I don't want to guess because I don't like. I don't want to like give Trevor yeah, any, yeah, hint, any ideas. Give but your guess after if, if I say Trevor is incorrect. Uh, so Trevor, yeah. talk me through it. What do you What do you think of here? This is this is a bulky question. All right. So this is specifically first round, correct? First round picks. Yes. Okay, and are you saying that LSU, this is the second most? This, like, the 2020 LSU is the second most? Or, um, I'm or not no? 100% or just, sure. You just, I, right, I believe, you're just using it I as, believe, like, a... I believe they are the second most. Yes, I believe. Okay. But I, I would not use that for your... If you know... Do you know how many LSU got this year? Um, In the first round, they have at least... They have at least, uh, like, three or four, I know. I think they have at least. Okay. I think they have like four or five. Something okay. Like that. So, but you can but get one point sure. just for saying how many people you think were in there. So that's one point right away. Um. Actually, wait. I, I forgot. There's there's one thing. I should I should take that back. In order for you to get, there's there's kind of two separate parts of the points. If you can name the amount of players, what school and what year. But, um. Here's the thing. Out of those three, if you guess one of them wrong, you don't get any three of those points. I should say that. Oh, wow. Okay. So. You gotta kind of pick your poison here. So I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get that then. Um, all right. So it's one team, and it's the most ever first round picks from one college team in one specific year. And we know it's not LSU because you just told me yes. that they had the most of their of that is school history this year. All of okay. that is correct. So now to think through the possible options. Um, obviously, you have. Alabama, USC, Texas, Ohio State, Nebraska, Miami. These are all powerhouses that have had a lot of NFL draft picks, obviously. Um, So I know, like, there was, like, a really good Miami team in the early 2000s where they have a lot of guys, like, 02, 03, and that national championship team that lost Ohio State. um, They had a lot of really good players. I don't necessarily know if they had a ton of first-round players. I mean, they might have. But that's just a possible option. It's mm-hmm. going to be hard to guess if it's like older because obviously I have much less knowledge before my lifetime. But I know in my lifetime, I'm sure like Miami is a potential option in like 2002, that would have been, I believe, if it's Miami. 
It also okay. could be like Ohio State a couple years ago had a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Their um, national championship team in 2016. Yes. And so 2016, Ohio State would have had a lot, I believe. Alabama has some different years. But man, mm-hmm. this is going to be a guess no matter what. Like I have a different amount. I have, you know, five or six different options, and it's probably one of those. But mm-hmm. um, picking the correct one is the challenge here. So I'm going to have to guess. And oh, man. And remember, you, you have to get out of those first three questions, how many, what school, and what year, you have to get all of them to get the points. So it's either three points or nothing. Okay. I will say this. If you guess really those tough. first, if you get that right, I'll say, yes, you got the team right in like that, that stuff. So then your players, right. then you have potential for an amount more of points, however many players that is. But if I just get the team wrong, then I'm done, though. Or, yep, or... you're done. You're done. Wow. High risk, high reward question here. Yeah. I wanted to be innovative today. We haven't done small talk in a little bit. I, I had yes. to put some out there. Oklahoma's so, Trevor, another option, but I don't think it's let's get a Let's get a final gonna, answer here. Okay. I'm going to go with Miami, Florida. Okay. I'm going to say the year is 2002. Okay. And I'm going to say they had six. Again, that's probably all wrong, but that's my guess. So Trevor, it's astonishing. Every week you you guess you guess stuff, pretty much, and you normally get it right. Okay. Now I would say this is definitely one of the more challenging questions I gave you, and sadly I cannot give you the points today, because you only got two of the three correct. It wow. is Miami, Florida. There were six <laughs> players, but it was in two thousand four. <laughs> what? Two thousand four? It was in two thousand four. Yes. The players were oh as my. as far. Ben, was that your guess? I thought you would have been able to guess what? that. Um, I it was down between Miami, but I would have guessed like oh three Miami so, probably, and then it was that in Ohio State recently. So I, I probably so would have guessed Ohio stay, State. But they had to stay three years though, so that's why it's the draft was in oh four. So it was the two thousand three okay. two thousand four season. <clears throat> Who were the players? Do you have it in front of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Taylor, Kellen Winslow, Jonathan Vilma, yep, DJ yep. Williams. Vernon Carey and Vince Wilfork. LSU had yeah. five this mm-hmm. year. Um, I believe wow. I can name them all. Joe Burrow, uh, Levason, the linebacker, Patrick Queen, uh, Justin Jefferson, and yeah. who is the last one? I am blanking. Oh, the, Clyde the edwards alaire The running back. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the running the back. Chiefs. That was all five. So that was a beefy question. Trevor, I'm, I'm super impressed. I think I'll, I, I have to award you a point. I'm, I'm too impressed, so I, I am going to give okay. you one point there. <laughs> That was just All too right. impressive to not give a point to. All right. Well, that was interesting. Okay. <laughs> so now for my question, um, it's a little bit related to Last Dance. So my question is, Michael Jordan won the regular season MVP in 1998. I want you to tell me who came in second place in the MVP voting in the 1998 NBA season or, or 1997-1998 NBA season. Oh, okay. That is a, a uh, that is a good question. I definitely have to walk through that, you know, in my in my head. So I, I'm guessing did did Jordan win by like a big margin? Um, there was yeah, there was a pretty decent amount of separation. Yes. Um, okay. Can can I ask can I ask one more question? Is is this player in the east or the west? Would you answer that for me or no? Um 
Yeah, sure. It's in the West. It's in the West? He's he's in the West, yeah. Okay. I'm yeah, trying to remember the back next... in the day in the West. I have because a Because the guess. next player in the East, next player in the East, it wasn't really even close. Like, so yeah, it's in the West. I, I have a guess for someone in the West. I, I, I'm pretty sure they had a really good year that year, if I remember correctly. Um, I can think of... Was Shaq in the league at that point? I think Shaq was in the league at that point. Yeah, yeah he definitely was. Shaq definitely could be up there. I could definitely see Carl uh, Malone. That was like my original guess. I, I'm not 100% sure. I'm just going to have to go with my gut, which is Carl is Malone. So my final guess is Carl Malone. All right. That would be correct. Oh, really? look at wow. That was second. Um, it looks like they have like this points thing on Basketball Reference. So Michael Jordan apparently won 1,084 points, and Carl Malone was in second. He won 842. And then oh, third was okay. actually Gary Payton with 431. Shaq was fourth. So. Oh, oh my God. All right. I'm pretty yeah. surprised I got that. But uh, we will we will move on to our next segment. That was Small Talk Trivia. So what is our score? It's uh, 23 to 18 now. Yes. Yes, awesome. So we will we'll have that score tallied up for next week. So last time we did Randomly Ranked, we did movies. Um, and you know what? We had a great discussion about it. We have to do it again, right, guys? I, I think we, we have to do it again. So this time we are going to do our top three favorite movies from 2011. And we have a lot of banger movies in 2011. Lots of great movies. So you know what, Ben? We haven't gone to you too much today. I would like you to start it off. What are your top three favorite movies? And if you've got honorable mentions, you can throw them in there too. Yeah, of course. I don't really – I don't have any honorable mentions. Um, okay. But I have, a, I have a strong top three. I am I am happy with my top three. Okay. So my number three is Captain America, The First Avenger. Okay. Love that movie. I recently just started watching all the Marvel movies in order. And Good this man. is probably my second one that I've seen – so second favorite one that I've seen so far. So that that is my number three. Love I love Captain America. He's probably my favorite of the like Avenger characters. Um, I just love his his story. It's really good. He's great. My number two movie is Moneyball. Love Moneyball. One of my favorite sports movies ever. Uh, it's written by Aaron Sorkin, who is probably one of my favorite movie writers, just because his scripts are always so good. Their their dialogue in them is so detailed and so strong. I love Moneyball. I love the story. It's super fantastic. And number one, easy is Fast Five. The in my opinion, the best movie of the franchise um one of my favorite movies of all time the ending scene is one of the greatest scenes i've ever seen in my entire life the whole premise is amazing the cast is amazing um this was really when fast and furious was at its strongest the storyline's phenomenal that is my number one movie of 2011 absolutely fantastic so uh trevor would you like to go second you would like me to go um i can go se- i can go second since you went first uh on the question okay do it you're up. All right, so 2011 had a lot of good movies, and honestly, making a top three was uh, very difficult for me. It's it's sad that two very great movies did not make my top three, and those are my two honorable mentions, Moneyball, as Ben mentioned, and Warrior, a movie that most people do not know of, but you should know of. It's a very great uh, boxing movie with two brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, to my top three. Number three is Just Go With It. With my two favorite, my favorite actor and actress, respectively, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. Honestly, that's all you really need to know. (laughs) But, you know, it's a weekend trip to Hawaii where Adam Sandler is playing plastic surgeon, convinces his assistant, who is Jennifer Aniston, to be his soon-to-divorced, soon-to-be-divorced wife. 
um, which is just, it, it's such a funny movie, and it's so great. So that's my number three. Number two, I'm going with We Bought a Zoo. Now, We Bought a Zoo <laughs> is a children's movie, and, but I still love it. Um, I don't even, it's hard to really explain why, but basically what happens at We Bought a Zoo is a family who, um, uh, Matt Damon plays the dad, and his wife recently has died, so... You know they're he, he's they're like driving by and he's constantly reminded of like the restaurants they would eat at and all the places they would go, you know. And his um son is like this troubled student who steals lunch money and is just like this bad student. So they move because he gets expelled from the school, and they buy a zoo, which is just crazy. And it's it's just a great movie. You should watch We Bought a Zoo. Um, number one, which it's pretty obvious. You know, after this episode, I'll try to stop shoving down your guys' throats, Fast and Furious movies, but I love them so much. So, yes, obviously Fast Five is my number one. It's, I mean, it's arguably the greatest movie in the franchise. The heist scene at the end where they're driving off with the vault. It's it's so good. You should watch Spoiler all three alert. of these movies. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Bro, it's it's from 2011. You, if you haven't seen it by probably, now, Brandon, yeah. that's on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you okay, for that. So I, I haven't seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. Well, I've seen bits and pieces. I, I think one of them I've seen some of. I, I distinctly remember we've talked about this. I remember like an end scene where they're like at one of their houses. I think it's Dom's house, and they're they're like at a picnic or so, of some sort. Not like a picnic. <laughs> like they're like cooking out. That's all I remember yeah. from the movie. That I have to watch all of them. Almost every I've movie. promised Ben that I'm going yeah. to watch them. Ben's watching all the Avengers. I'm gonna get to them. I'm gonna watch all of them. Um, so I don't have Fast and Furious on mine. I know you guys say it's the best one in the series, but I don't have it on mine. So I'm going to start off with an honorable mention, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. I love the Mission Impossible movies. They are great, great movies. Must watch as if you like action movies. Um, they're just fabulous. So number three, Trevor, I'm appalled you don't have this in your top three, is Moneyball. Moneyball is so great. Just so great. I, I think really any of my top three you can put in any order. Uh, well, maybe number one should be number one, but two and three you can exchange. When we were talking about this earlier, Ben, I knew your exact top three favorite movies. I, I was 100% sure because I have two of them, and I knew it would basically cancel, or the third one would have to be Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. So the second one, which you also have, is Captain America the First Avenger, which I honestly, I love the Captain America movies, all three of them. I have an expansive list of Avengers movies uh, where I rank all of them with two of my good friends, shout out Aaron Chad. Um, so we've ranked all of them. And Captain America First Avenger is, is it's a very, excuse me, a very, very good movie. Um, I 100% agree. I, I don't even know which one's the best one out of the, the uh, couple Captain America movies we got. And then number one, this really was not a tough decision, is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part yeah. 2. The Harry Potter series is, is just the greatest film series of all time. It's so fabulous. That's I recommend false. This to anyone who hasn't seen it. Ben does not like the, the Harry Potter movies, but they're just so amazing. I mean, they're, they're so well done. Um, and honestly, the Deathly Hollows, both Part 1 and Part 2, are two of my favorite movies. Um, so I had to put that up there. Um, if you guys have any ideas for randomly ranked uh, and you'd like us to do them, please you know tweet at us at smallballerpod uh, or send us a message. We'd, we'd love to hear your idea, and we'll, we'll probably end up doing it. We we talk expansively. This is what we take the most research on is is on on uh, our, our randomly ranks. Um, but I don't know. You guys comment comment below who had the best list too. Uh, even though I know it's me, but you know comment. Tell us tell us who had the best list. So uh, we're gonna move on here to our next segment, uh, which honestly is one of my personal favorites. Um, we're going to throw it over to our main contributor, Ben O'Brien, and we're going to do 10 out of 10 with Ben. So, Ben, what what is your 10 out of 10 today? Yeah, so with the NFL draft happening recently and all this uh, free agency stuff going on in the NFL, I wanted to, I 
yesterday, um, or a couple days ago, the Bengals released Andy Dalton, and it had me thinking. And then yesterday, the Cowboys picked him up, which, I mean, go for it. I don't even like the Cowboys, mm-hmm. but I like Andy Dalton as a person. Whatever, go for it. He'll be a good backup quarterback for them. He will so it had me, But it had me thinking. What, how good is Andy Dalton really? And I know in the national media, I feel like he gets a lot. Of, he gets a bad rap because he was on some teams that organization didn't do a phenomenal job surrounding him with a ton of talent. He had good teams around him, not great teams around him. So what I wanted to do is I went on to football reference, and I, just, I wanted to look at his stats. So I picked what I believe was his best season, which is 2015, which is probably the best Bengals team that has, since I've been alive, probably the best Bengals team. They were fantastic. So I looked, and I just wanted to look at some of his stats. And I really wanted to see when he had a, a good team around him. This is probably the best team around him. I wanted to see how good he could really be. So I have some stats. First, The first stat I found was in his first five seasons in the NFL, he had 50 wins. That means he's averaging 10 wins a season in his first five years in the NFL, which is fantastic considering he was drafted to a team that went 4-12. and 12. So the next year, first his first year, they go 9-7. and seven. Um, that, I mean, that's a, what, five-game increase? That's pretty good for NFL standards, I feel like. So back to 2015, looking at 2015, he was a top five quarterback in QBR. There was only four quarterbacks above him, and I think three of them were Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady. Um, He was top 10 in completion percentage, top three in touchdown percentage, meaning percentage of his attempts are touchdown passes. He was top three in the NFL in that. He was top 10 in the NFL in interception percentage, meaning uh, the percentage of his throws that are interceptions. He's top 10 in that in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He had three fourth-quarter comebacks in the NFL. Only three quarterbacks are better than him at that, and they all had four. They all had one more than him. And that's let's not forget that Andy Dalton got hurt. He only played 13 games, so he missed three games plus play, the playoff game in that season. Mm-hmm. So he was tied for second in fourth-quarter comebacks. Um, he also had three game-winning drives that season. Um, and like I said, he only played 13 games, so he went 10-3 and three as a starter that year. Mm-hmm. So it had me thinking, when, when he's surrounded by talent, and after that year, Bengals were terrible because they lost their two best offense, offense line and A.J. Green starts getting hurt. Stuff happens. But he gets this – I feel like he has this reputation as a quarterback. He's just an average quarterback, which I, in my opinion, he, he's a pretty middle-of-the-pack quarterback in the NFL. But I think for the Cowboys, I think he is an above-average backup quarterback if he's going to be a backup quarterback for them. So I think Andy Dalton gets – there's a lot of people that think that he's not a good quarterback, and I think part of it is because he was on the Bengals and he wasn't surrounded by a ton of amazing talent. He had good talent around him, not amazing talent. But looking at this, it is clear that if he has talent around him, he can be a really good quarterback. I strongly believe Andy Dalton can be a top 13 quarterback in the NFL if he's, if he's given the, op- the right opportunity. Now, he's, he's not going to get that with the Cowboys. He's not going to play. But I think, that, I think some people are too hard on him in saying that he's not a good quarterback. He's below average. I think that is so wrong. I think he's a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. I think he's a good NFL quarterback. And I think if he got a chance with maybe not the Cowboys, but with another team, he could win some games for him. So I just thought that yeah. was interesting. I, I looked at some of his stats. I've really never gone into detail, like, looking at his stats or anything. But, you know, I like him. He's a really good dude. He's done a lot for the city of Cincinnati. I, I just wanted to shed some light on the fact that I think he gets a bad rap and he deserves uh, a better reputation than what he gets. Honestly, very good 10 out of 10 with Ben today. A uh, lot of good information said there, Ben. I, I, I like it a lot. And you make a lot of good points. I, I actually 100% agree. Pretty much any quarterback that has started somewhere pretty consistently – um, and, you know, is able to do uh, even okay on a team like all, you know, I mean, Dalton wasn't great on the Bengals, but you, you provided a lot of good reasons, and then become a backup for a team, that's such valuable, I mean, just so much value there in having a backup quarterback like that, so I 100% agree with you. Trevor, thoughts on Andy Dalton? Better than Tom Brady? Maybe. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I think that Andy Dalton, like, in the past few years, he's just be kind of come like this, at least a lot of the analysts, like, try to make him out to be this joke, and he's, he's really not, because, like, as you mentioned, you know, he did have some really good years. Obviously, the Bengals had some playoff appearances. Yeah, they didn't go much farther than, you know, the wild card round or maybe maybe one time or two times the divisional round. But nevertheless, he was still a good quarterback um, because the majority of quarterbacks, you know, they can't – obviously, most quarterbacks can never say that they have five, ten-win seasons. So, yeah, Andy Dalton has been a, um, an above-average quarterback, I would say, at least during those years in his prime. He was an above-average quarterback. So now I think definitely he will serve as a good backup. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it'll be interesting. A hundred percent. And that, I mean, that kind of moves us right into our main topic. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL draft and free agency. I've been super excited to talk about this, so we're just gonna get right into it. We had one really, as a whole, not a surprising draft. I want to say we did stream during the draft. Twitch.tv backslash smallballerpod. So if you know, <laughs> and we're gonna stream coming up. We're gonna we got more streams planned. We're gonna be streaming some more for sure, uh, with all three of us next time, um, and maybe even some guests. Uh, but yeah, no, look for that. Stay tuned. Go, go follow us on Twitch. But we streamed during the first round of the NFL draft and really there were not too many surprises, right, Ben? Like we weren't that surprised about a lot of things that happened. No, no, there was nothing that really surprised me. Who, there was one player, was it Isaiah Simmons? Was it Isaiah Simmons that fell? Isaiah Simmons went down a little bit, but the player that I want to talk about here is Jordan Love. Um, and what's surprising is the team that went up and got him. Uh, the, the Packers traded up with the Dolphins and traded him. Uh, they traded up to the 26th pick, and they gave up a decent amount um, uh, of picks. I believe uh, their first and a fourth round. Um, and they got Jordan Love at the 26th pick. Now, a lot of people, we talked about this, I think, on the past podcast, um, where Brett Favre was the same age that Rodgers was when – Rodgers is today when they got Rodgers, if that makes any sense what I just said. Um, so, I don't know. Trevor, what do you think? Is this? I think this is kind of weird. What do you think about this Jordan Love get for the Packers? Yeah, it's definitely a really bold move, and yeah, like you said, it is a lot like, or there are similarities to when Aaron Rodgers was drafted to the Packers, and when Brett Favre was still thought of, I think, for the most part, as still like a really good quarterback, um, and Aaron Rodgers, I think most people still would consider him an elite quarterback. I mean, last season, he didn't have the greatest year. It wasn't as great as years prior, but you know, he's still Aaron Rodgers. He's still thought of as, I think, a top five quarterback to most people. So I thought this was really bold. I mean, I've watched Jordan Love just with, like, highlight clips and different, you know, scouting reports and stuff. And I think he definitely has a lot of the potential. I think he's, like, a, he's a guy who um, I think, like, he has a lot of talent. He has the arm strength, and he can make a lot of great plays. But he can also make some big mistakes. So, I mean, it's interesting. I think him going to the Packers is, I mean, it, it definitely could create some tension there. But on the other side of the uh, of the coin— Maybe Aaron Rodgers will accept this. Um, I don't know, and he'll be able to, you know, help Jordan Love develop into um, the next great Packer quarterback. Yeah, no, it's 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 possible. Uh, I I know Rodgers is not known to be the nicest guy in the world, um, but you know we'll see. I, I actually do like Jordan Love. I I thought the Patriots should have gotten him, as I've said multiple times on the podcast. Um, and the Patriots didn't really go out and get a quarterback. I think they got one in in uh, as an undrafted free agent. Um, but let's keep on moving. I want to go over some of the biggest winners and losers of the draft. And I, I got a couple that I want to share. My first winner of the draft is Tom Brady. Uh, the, the Buccaneers, they got some receivers around him. They used their first overall pick on Tristan Wirfs um, and got a, a great tackle in the first round. Um, and they really got pieces to build around Tom Brady. So Tom Brady is kind of my biggest winner. 
um, of the draft. And then there's three teams that I think had really, really stellar drafts. And bear with me, guys. The first one is the Cleveland Browns. I've talked about my Browns friends, as annoying as they are and as annoying as Browns fans are. They did a pretty good job on paper with this draft. I thought they, they hit needs that they needed. They didn't do any wild trades and trade up 50 picks and give up a bajillion things. So, I, I don't know. I think the Browns did well. Ben, you think the Browns did well? I mean, yeah, they did fine. For Browns standards, I guess they did above average. <laughs> I will never uh, admit that the Browns do anything well, so I can't say that they did like a great job, but they did fine. That's, that's a good point. Um, and I, I got two more team winners here. My, my next team winner is the Cowboys. Uh, and the reason I have that, my, first of all, I think they had a good draft. Okay, I think they got players that they needed, different positions um, that they needed. But they had Jerry Jones doing the draft. It wasn't like a GM was back there, someone with actual you know, knowledge of stuff. It's Jerry Jones drafting from his yacht, I'd like to say, which that's a big flex. So Jerry Jones, to me, did a pretty good job with that Cowboys team, and I'm, I'm pretty impressed um, with the Cowboys. So I think the Cowboys collectively as a whole really did well. I mean, you get, you get, you're getting CeeDee Lamb at 17? CeeDee Lamb was supposed to be a top 10 pick. I mean, how is CeeDee Lamb going all the way down to 17? Uh, so they, I think they got a lot of great guys um, in the draft that fixed a lot of holes. And then, look, I can't possibly talk about the NFL draft without talking about the best drafters in the NFL, the best management, okay, just best overall organization collectively, and that's the Baltimore Ravens, okay? I, I know, you know what, knock on wood, okay, knock on wood, but they drafted amazing. They did everything I wanted. We got Patrick McQueen. At 28, that's exactly what I wanted to happen. I didn't want a receiver, okay? I didn't want a, a DN there. I wanted to get a linebacker, and they went out and got the best one. Somehow he slipped. He was the third linebacker taken. He slipped all the way down to 28. I know he has some coverage issues, but he is fast, and he's going to be able to defend. He's going to make a huge impact on the Ravens. I mean, just throughout the whole draft, even their seventh-round pick, according to Pro Football Focus, was like a top-50 player, Stone, uh, Geno Stone, I think is his name, uh, from Iowa, the safety. So... They did just so, so excellent. And then there's one more thing I want to mention, and I'm going to pass it off to you, Trevor, so you can talk a little bit here. I think they did a great job with the virtual draft as a whole. There really wasn't many issues. Uh, Roger Goodell was propped up at a point in time. We had Bill Belichick has his dog in the seat where he's supposed to be sitting. Really, I don't know. I think it was amazing. Everything that went on with the virtual draft, I loved. Obviously, it doesn't take place. You know, it's, it, it's not the same as an actual in-person draft, but overall, I was just so impressed with the NFL and how they handled the virtual draft. So, Trevor... What were your thoughts on uh, the draft as a whole? Yeah, so it's good to hear you talk about the virtual draft because I didn't get to watch it. I was That was going to be the first thing I was going to ask you was, did you like the draft? Ben, yeah. what about you? Did you think you also – like what did you think about the virtual draft? I, I think with what they had, they did the best they could have possibly done with what they had in front of yeah. them. I think Roger Dell did a – I mean he did a fine job. I, I There was really I no, nothing like noticeable I noticed, any, no hiccups or anything. So, yeah. I mean the, the, the whole goal – The only thing I would knock. Yeah. There's only one thing that I would knock, and that's every time Goodell looked at the screen and like talked to the players, it was just like this. You don't need to, or not to the players, excuse me, to fans. The fans, like, right, guys, yeah. You know, it's, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You know that was really, that really was kind of cringy. That yeah. was corny. Oh. It was a little ridiculous. <laughs> but, but honestly, that's not that big of a deal. We're just getting you know nitty gritty. Overall, the whole performance, like the the quality was great. I like Goodell did a ton of picks. I mean, he went into like the third round. He did a ton of picks. So overall, I was just so impressed as a whole, with uh, the NFL's production of the virtual draft. Awesome. So, yeah, I, I've heard a lot of good things about it as well from podcasts I listen to. So, really, the main negative is, like, Goodell's personality, like the dad jokes. Like, that's the, yeah. that's the main negative of it, it seems. 
All he, right. he kind of like embraced the booing this year too. Like he's like, I can't hear your boos, and I'm like, okay, you know what? This is a little much. Just, just announce the dick. <laughs> Let me hear who, who who's taken here. That's all I need from you. Um, but overall, it's right. pretty good. So let's let's kind of get into one more little uh you know NFL topic. Cam Newton is not on a team. Trevor, where do you want to see Cam Newton go? Um, where do I want to see him go? I mean, I don't really, I guess I don't really care where he goes. I mean, I don't want him on the Patriots, honestly. Really? I know, yeah, I don't want him on the Patriots. I know a lot of Patriots fans would say that they do really want him. Um, but I don't know. The injury history is really concerning. He's getting older now. Personally, you know what's I, more concerning? You know what's more concerning than the injuries? What, what, what's concerning? The Patriots not having a quarterback. That's more concerning right. than the injuries. Okay, but, but here's the thing. And I, and I was I was going to get into this, but the Patriots absolutely should have taken at least one, probably two quarterbacks in this draft, and they did not. They did not take a single quarterback. I think the Patriots did about as horrible a job drafting as they could have, honestly. I mean, you take a safety with the first pick. I mean, our secondary is already really good. So you take a safety, then you get a couple linebackers. I mean, to me, it was like, okay, Belichick, you're just trying to make your defense even better. And you're trying to win these, like, I don't know what the, I guess the strategy is he's trying to win these grind out games. And I don't know. I think he definitely should have taken one or two quarterbacks, either a Jordan Love. Really, I wanted Jalen Hurts. Um, I wanted Jalen Hurts personally, but that didn't work out. He didn't take Jalen Hurts and he didn't take any quarterbacks until, yeah, he got a free agent guy from Michigan State who I know. Um, I believe he's from Michigan State, and I'm sure that Brian you probably— Brian Lewerke. Oh, my I, I know, God. Oh, I know wow. absolutely ben nothing and I went about and watched. Him. Hold on, hold on. Ben and I went and watched Bowling Green versus Michigan State. Was this two years ago? Yeah, two now? years ago. And Brian Lewerke is one of the worst quarterbacks I've seen in my entire life. I'm, I'm not He's terrible. He is he's so horrible. bad. <laughs> he is atrociously terrible. I mean, obviously, he's an undrafted quarterback, so, like, I mean, it's, it's fine that they got him. If he ever touches the field— I'm not kidding you, the Patriots will crumble. And I understand I have bias against Michigan State. I get that. I get that. I don't need to hear it in the comments, okay? That's not the point. He's terrible. That's the point, okay? He is. Uh, I, there was a year, I think the year we went and saw him, I think collectively that year he wasn't bad. And then, like, the next year you think he would have done better, but he was, like, way worse, like, substantially worse. I couldn't believe, like, he had this, like, one really good year, and then it just went completely downhill from there. So it's surprising to me that he, he was signed at all. I really couldn't believe it. Um, but, you yeah, know, I, I agree. They definitely should have gotten a quarterback. I think they should sign Cam Newton, give him a decent amount of money for one year, um, and, you know, have the potential to bring him back, especially if he likes the organization, which I feel like most people like the Patriots organization. I feel like that. So, you know, let's say he does well, you know, then you can, you can you know, use him or, you know, if, you're, if you guys do terrible, you know, if the Patriots do terrible, you draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields next year. And then you got your quarterback for life. So I think you can use him as a one-year option. That's why I don't completely understand why they haven't even signed him yet. Uh, you know, I know that they're a little tight on money. That's definitely an issue. Um, but, you know, you can structure it to some way where maybe it'll help out, even if you give him a two-year deal or something like that. Just give him something right. short. That's, that's what I would do. Right. So, like, the reason why I don't want Cam Newton, like, if fully healthy, I think he can make a team really good. Yeah. And he very well may be. But the thing is, I don't want the Patriots to be good. I want them to be bad because I want Trevor Lawrence. I love Trevor <laughs> Lawrence, and, and every time I've watched Trevor Lawrence, I think there might have been like one bad game that I watched. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't as good this part, year. This wasn't his but, best year this year. He was right, not as right. good. He'll but you know fine. who did do well? I still believe the, in him. You know who did do well? Who's going to be the next? The, he's going to be the best quarterback next year, and he's going to be the top pick in the draft. Is that's Justin no. Fields? And I've been no, saying this no. since before he committed to Georgia. 
And you're going to be that. wrong when this ha gonna ha wrong. doesn't happen. He outplayed Trevor Lawrence this past year. It doesn't mean he's team. better than Trevor Lawrence. He's, he's Trevor Lawrence Trevor is Lawrence. definitely better than... We can get into this another time, but I strongly believe Trevor Lawrence is better than Justin Fields. And I highly disagree, but we will get into that uh, another day. Is there any last <laughs> remarks before we close off this episode from either of the people yeah, here? Trevor, so, Ben? So real quick, okay, so I tried, I covered the Patriots draft, basically. I don't like it at all. We didn't even get, like, like the Browns, basically. You said the Browns had a good draft, and I think they did. Think so. They got an absolute steal. And Donovan Peoples-Jones at DPJ. Michigan in I the sixth DPJ. round, who I don't think he should have slid that far. I would have liked the Patriots to have taken him, like, mm -hmm. in the fourth round or something. But they didn't, like, they didn't take I, any I receiver. do want to point out, there's – I love Donovan Peoples-Jones. He did not have a 100-yard game at Michigan. And whether you blame that on him or Shea Patterson, whoever, you can blame that on whoever you want. I think he's a Shea great Patterson. receiver who – he lacks a ton of explosive speed, but he doesn't have a lot of holes on the mechanics of football. I think there's a lot of things he does really, really, really well, and there's not a lot that he does wrong. You know, you're not going to be – it's not going to be this blazing fast player who's like the super crisp route runner, but overall he's good at everything. Uh, he was mocked, and even his draft grade was in, like, the fourth round, maybe late third round. I'm surprised he slid all the way to the sixth. I expect him to play on the Browns, even, you know, pretty soon to start off. I'm expecting him to get some snaps. You know, he can block. He can run. Um, you know, he's a great pass catcher. He's great with his hands. He was a five-star recruit to Michigan. Um, you know, obviously, I think Michigan did a little bit of a disservice with him to have Shea Patterson throwing to him. And, you know, as much as I talk about Shea Patterson, I love Shea Patterson, but he was terrible. He was not good at Michigan. I wish we could have had someone better. Yeah. Um, but yep. overall, I'm very surprised he went that far down. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. And then with the with the Buccaneers, who now that Tom Brady's there, obviously Gronk is is now returning from retirement to come back. And I don't necessarily think that this Brady Gronk duo will be all that like the the greatest thing because Gronk, you know, he's had a whole year off. I'm sure he's, you know, he's not going to be in as near as good a shape as he was. So I mean, I mean, he'll have a few good plays um, every game, I've, I'm sure. But I don't think he'll be that consistent, reliable option. But I did, I did enjoy the Bucks draft. I think getting an offensive tackle in Tristan Wirfs was very important. Um, they got another receiver, so I thought they got they had a decent draft. You know, I mean, I don't know a ton about some of these other guys, but it seems like the Buccaneers had a pretty good draft, and I think they're set up pretty well uh, for this year. So it'll be fun to watch the. Tim Bay Buccaneers as well. And the Patriots, they should tank for Trevor Lawrence, 100%. That's my opinion. Justin on that. Fields, but yes, they should tank. Justin Fields, 100%. But no, <laughs> I, I actually disagree. I think Gronk having that year off, especially someone who gets hurt a lot, letting your body recover for a full year, and it seems like he has stayed in shape. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see Gronk. I think he's going to play really, really well. I actually disagree with that take. I, I, it's the same thing where, like, Le'Veon Bell took a whole year off. And, I mean, he, he just he – obviously he didn't do as well statistically because the Jets suck and their line is terrible. Um, and Darnold was hurt for a lot of the year. But, I mean, overall as a physical specimen, I mean, you just don't get hurt as much. Um, you know, coming off a full year of not, you know, playing, especially with it, injury-ridden players. So I, I think Gronk is, is destined to have a good year. But I, I, think, I think it's time to close off the episode here. We're, we're approaching close to an hour. Um, is there any final words? Ben, you got one more little tidbit for us today. I need some Ben inspiration for, for my coming week. I mean, you're wrong about Justin Fields, but okay. other than okay. that. <laughs> thank, thank you for your input. That was very nice, uh, despite being wrong. Um, but that's going to be it for today's episode of Small World Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, please subscribe, comment, and rate the podcast five stars. And follow us on Twitter at Small World Pod. We appreciate the follows a lot. 
Um, you know, we, we got a lot of exciting stuff going on, like our Twitch. Uh, go follow our Twitch. It's uh, twitch.tv backslash smallballpod. Go to that account. Go, you know, give the little heart, follow it. We're going to be streaming again soon. I don't know when, but it will be soon, and it'll be really, really fun. So, you know, check us out there. Um, anything last you want to say, Trevor? Anything else? No, I think we're good. All right. Like I said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons.